Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. Welcome to Compassion. If you're a first-time guest or a visitor with us this morning, we just want to say welcome. Uh, Glad you're here. Hope you enjoy your time together today. Um, Before we get into the message, I, I, I want to just talk about Amazed at Christmas, right? That's the, that's the title of our message today, Amazed at Christmas. And um, before we get into that, I want to talk about our church for just a moment, uh, especially for someone, if you're new here, a visitor, a guest, first time here, or maybe the first time in a long time. I love the name of our church. I love the name of Compassion Church. You say, well, why is it named Compassion? Well, when Jesus looked at the crowds, Matthew 9, 36 says, when Jesus looked at the great crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, they were hurting and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. What do you know about sheep? Well, we say they're dumb animals, right? Uh, sheep on their own can't make it. They have no natural defense system. They will wander into trouble. Uh, man, they will walk right up on a bear, a wolf, or whatever without any help. But when there's a shepherd involved, the shepherd can lead the sheep to the still waters, to the green pastures, and we are the sheep, and Jesus is the shepherd. And this is a church that he's called us to be a church that helps people. And I hope that's what our church is becoming known for, is being a church that does ministry seven days a week, being a church that helps people, being a church that has compassion for people. And as I say that, I'm just amazed at the things that God has been doing in our church even over this year of 2023. I'm just amazed. Talk about that just a minute. If you've been with me for a while, if you've been coming to Compassion, you know that one of the things we say so often is that our mission is to see the lost saved, the saved freed, the freed restored, and the restored fulfilled. Well, that can kind of roll off the tongue after you've said it for a while, but if you're just hearing it for the first time and you don't know where you are in that, think back to that sheep that I just talked about. Man, a sheep without a shepherd is is trying to find its way. It's in the wilderness. I can only imagine that that sheep has some anxiety because what am I going to do if a predator comes up? I have no way of of defending myself. I have no way of, of hiding from it, right? That sheep is lost and wandering. And maybe this morning, Maybe you've never thought of yourself as being lost. Maybe you've never thought of yourself as being wandering. But maybe this morning that's exactly where you are. Maybe that's why God brought you here today. And if it is, I want you to know, man, that God brought you here so that you can find hope because he wants to take you from being lost to being saved and then right through that journey to living a life that is fulfilled. And I want you to understand that when you come to Compassion Church, we want to do everything we can to help you on that journey to find that fulfilled life. You say, what does that look like, Jeff? Well, I don't know what it looks like for you, but here's what I do know. Before you were ever born, God created purpose in you. You are purpose made. Uh, You are purpose made for adventure. You are purpose made to step into stories and help people with things they're struggling with. And when you figure out how to get past being lost and you get saved and then freed and then he restores you and then he leads you into that life, what you'll find is as you serve God and serve people, your life comes alive. And we're going to talk about that some this morning. 
I'm amazed at how I see people week after week stepping into the story that God has written on their lives. It just thrills my heart. I see all of these kids and I think, God, what are you going to do in their lives? If they will keep listening to the word of God, if moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas will keep taking them to church and teach them to pray and teach them to read, man, they're going to do so much for the kingdom. But you're doing so much for the kingdom right now. And as I said a minute ago, I'm amazed at what this local church is doing. Let's talk about that just for a moment. Just, just indulge me just a moment. Let me celebrate, okay? Let's celebrate together. Here's why I want us to celebrate. Coming to the end of the year, last week was our last round of baptisms in 2023, our December baptisms. Y'all, we baptized 89 people this year at Compassion Church. Can we give God a big round of applause for that? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we celebrate that because every one of those people is not just someone who stepped into the waters, but there's someone who at some point was a lost soul that Jesus came to and convinced them to follow him, to be the Lord of their lives, and now their lives are different. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this group of people right here, Hope Center Ministries and your families and everyone who supports Hope Center. I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, Hope Center is a big part of us here at Compassion Danville. Um, I can remember not too long ago standing in front of our church. We were not even in this building at that point, probably, probably late 2017. I stood in front of our church and said, I've heard about this ministry called Hope Center Ministries, and I'm convinced that God wants us to start a Hope Center. And I told our church, this is where we're going. And I started asking people if they would give money. On that first morning that I asked people if they would help us to get Hope Center started, we had 15 people, 15 families that came forward and said, I'll give $1,000 to get it started. We raised a bunch of money to get things started. Um, man, we were in court. We had all kinds of court battles trying to get the thing started. We had found a couple of houses that fell through, but we had a friend from uh, Hope Center's uh, headquarters come out, spent some time, found a house, beautiful log cabin, bought that log cabin, and this thing got started. And we started off with about 20 people in the house. This year, our Hope Center family has expanded their house, and now they have the capacity for 30 to 32 guys in the house, and they're doing amazing things. Can we give Hope Center a big round of applause? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Proud of the leadership team that's doing everything there. Um, a lot of that baptism that took place is because of what Hope Center is doing. And I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful for that. Um, I think of all the things that, that we've been doing in the missions world this year, probably more than we've ever done um, this year, you know, in our community. We had, we've had a serve day. There's no telling how much food, how many bags and boxes of food we've given out, how many families we've helped in, in desperate times. Um, some of that through the church, some of that, a lot of that, just through you as individuals that nobody in the church even knows about. What a generous group of people. I'm so thankful for that. I think about how we've done things locally but also think about what this church has done nationally this year. Nationally, we have taken a team uh, on a couple of different trips to two homes in California, in Pond, California, and we helped to rebuild two homes that were destroyed by a flood. We have a team that went to Georgia and helped rebuild from a, a natural disaster. We have a team that went to Tennessee and, and helped, re or helped build a brand new home, handed the family the keys at the end of the second week, gave them a brand new home. We have another team that went to Tennessee on a separate occasion and helped rebuild from another 
national disaster. You guys are getting it done. One more thing that just amazes me. Y'all got to get ready for this one, man. For the first time this year, we put together a team to go on an international trip, and we took a team of 13 people that started on, on, on Tuesday with a flat patch of ground, and on Friday, we handed the keys to a brand new home to a family in the Dominican Republic on an international trip. Let's give God all the glory for what he's doing. Amen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You say, why are you so excited, Jeff? Well, if you've been where I've been, if you've been on the journey, man, you would know. This thing started out as a dream. I mean, Compassion Church didn't always exist. We're coming up on our 11th anniversary in January, 11 years of this church existing. And I can remember probably three years before we ever got this thing up and going, before we ever had our first service, I can remember how God was stirring my heart and, 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 and just, just pulling me in a direction to start something. And I didn't know what that something was going to look like until he made it so very clear that he wanted me to put together a team to come to Danville, Virginia, and to start a church. And so God opened the doors, provided everything that was needed. We were obedient. We did that. And man, it's been ups and it's been downs and it's been ups and it's been downs. But God has been so faithful through it all. And here we sit on another Christmas celebrating the birth of our Savior. I'm just, I'm just amazed at all of it. I'm just amazed at all of it. So this week I've been thinking a lot about things I'm amazed at because you know, reading the scripts and going through the practices and hearing the shepherds talk about how amazed they are, there's a lot of things that I'm amazed at. Um, I'm amazed when I look at our grandkids. Y'all, I sat right there just a minute and saw three of our five grandkids come out, and it makes me think back to when those babies were born. I can see their mom in the hospital with that baby. Mama's still got the gown on. Daddy's sitting there frantically thinking, what in the world have I done? What's about to happen, right? We've got, got babies now, right? Mama's sitting there with that smile of just, man, it's over. The delivery's over. And that baby's wrapped up like a Chipotle burrito. Come on, somebody. That's good stuff. If you don't know, go there. Support Chipotle. <laughs> that baby's wrapped up. And I, I sit here this morning, and I see one of our grandchildren, Charlie, standing there as the narrator reading the skit. I see Scout come in with her cow outfit on. Come on, y'all. See little Shiloh with her camel hat on, with the camel hat turned sideways. I don't know. The camel must be looking around. I don't know. Very cool, man. Seeing those kids grow up is just so amazing. I'm amazed at that. I'm amazed at how technology is changing. Can y'all keep up with technology, right? It's going so fast. Like, like forever, people that are my age, man, we talked about Mustangs and Camaros and, you know, uh, traditional cars. And now we're seeing the, the Teslas and the, and the Fiskers and all of these electric cars that are coming along. And it's taking over the marketplace. You've got AI, chat GPT, all of this technology. And it's happening so fast and it's happening right in front of our eyes. A um, lot of things I'm amazed at. Y'all, I'm just going to be real, real, real honest with you. One of the things I was amazed at this week was when I pulled out that Ben and Jerry's, Cherry Garcia, come on somebody, if you know, you know, pulled that thing out of the freezer. I've been eating that joint for 20 years now, y'all, and it's still just as good as it ever was. Okay, I, I hear the silence. Y'all don't know. Listen, next time you get a little extra money, don't, don't buy the great value. Go get the Ben and Jerry's one time. It'll change your life, I promise. Football season, I'm amazed that Tom Brady has not made it back onto the field yet. Come on, somebody. I thought he'd be back by now. Um, all kidding aside, man, I'm, I'm amazed at the, the condition that so many human beings have to live in, right? 
You, you look around, even in our city, man, right around and you'll see people who are just struggling. You say, how can people be struggling that hard in Danville, Virginia, right downtown? You'll see folks who are just out there and they have nothing. You see people in this very neighborhood who are, are really struggling to find resources. I talked to a gentleman at our church last week who, who has no heat, no electricity in his home, no water, doesn't know where food's coming from. He said, how can that be? But that exists right here in our community right now. I'm amazed at how human beings can, can, can inflict so much injury and pain and harm to other individuals. Right? If you've watched the news and you saw how Hamas invaded Israel over the last couple of months and all of the damage that's been done through war, and we get so desensitized to that. But on a more personal level, man, I'm amazed at how human beings can hurt each other, whether, whether they mean to or they don't mean to. Man, we are mean people, y'all. We, we talk about people. We steal from people. We run people down. We hurt people. And that's just the Christians. Come on, somebody. But you know, all of that is why that manger exists. All of that is why Jesus came into our world. Because when God looked into our world, he never intended for it to be like this. He created us to be people who loved him. He created us to be people who were his children. And as a good father, he would put his protection over us and we would stay close to that protection and he would feed into us and we would worship him and that would create a cycle where he feeds into us and pours into us and we worship him. And everything is perfect and good when you're in that place. But how many of you know that most of the people around us don't know what it means to be in that good place with God. And so God looks into our world and he says, there's got to be a plan. And I'm amazed at the plan that he came up with. And I want to talk to you for just a minute. Four things that I'm amazed at this Christmas season. Number one, I'm amazed at the prophecy. If you've got your hand out and you want to take a few notes, very simple. I'm amazed at the prophecies. The first one, you can write that down. You say, why are you amazed at that, Jeff? Well, you know, I can't tell you what I did at, uh, 6.30 this morning. I can give you an idea of what I think I'm going to be doing tomorrow or next week, but I don't know. But 700 years before Jesus came into our world, before he was born, 700 years before, Isaiah the prophet told, foretold very clearly what was going to happen in that first Christmas. 700 years. Like, like this is 2023 Take 700 years away from that, 1323, right? That's before the printing press even existed. That, that's how, how many years before God was telling Isaiah. Because God is sovereign. I don't know if you know this or not, but God sees everything that's happening today so clearly. But he sees what happened 700 years ago just as clearly. And he sees what's going to happen 700 years in the future just as clearly. He knows the story of your life, which somebody needs to hear that so that you know that you can trust God. He spoke the prophetic word through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. You know, I love that name, Emmanuel. Every year at Christmas, it's the one word that jumps off the page. Every year at Christmas, I come up with a, a Christmas message or three or four Christmas messages. And every year I say, what am I going to talk about, man? I've said all this stuff before. And every year it comes back to Emmanuel. God is with us. Do you get that? Sometimes, man, as human beings, we all mess up. We make messes of things. And sometimes we go through our life carrying this weight of guilt and shame. 
And there's an enemy that speaks into your mind and that enemy wants to tell you because you have continued to sin, because you continue to choose yourself, because you've made such a mess of things, God has turned his back on you. God doesn't want to have anything to do. You have an enemy that tells you that, that God has moved on and left you and nothing could be further from the truth because Emmanuel, God is with us. He promised us in his word, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That means that, that, that he's not going anywhere. And so this morning, if God feels distant and cold to you, guess what? Guess who's left? Well, it wasn't God. He's standing right there watching and waiting and saying, yeah, you're choosing all this shiny stuff over me. You're choosing all this stuff that, that is not from me. You're, you're choosing over and over and over to, to give up on me, to ignore me, to not pay attention to me, but I'm right here all the time. And if God could speak clearly to your heart, which he can, what he might say to you is, is it worth it? Like all the stuff that you're pouring yourself into that's taking you away from me, ask yourself this question, is it getting better or is life getting worse? And if you're honest with yourself, you can, you can chase after a lot of things. You can have a lot of things. But if you don't have God, your life is empty. And that's not the way he designed it. He came into our world for you. Look at Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for to us a child is born. For to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, Jason read that just a moment ago and those words kind of jump off the page. And if you've read this at Christmases in the past, my guess is you've heard that lots of times. But most of the time, I think when we hear that passage, our mind goes to those four things. Wonderful counselor, right? Uh, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's beautiful. That's great. And I want to know the prince of peace. I want to know the one who can bring me peace. But how does that work? Like, like he shall be called prince of peace. Well, how does that work? You have to back up in the verse. What did he say? He said the government will be on his shoulders. What government? The government of Danville, Virginia? The government of Virginia, the government of the United States. No, the government of all creation. And let me just say this to you if you don't know it this morning. Jesus' shoulders are broad enough and he is capable enough to hold all of the government of all the world on his shoulders. What does a government do? A government is supposed to support the people. A government is supposed to, to bring order to things. A government is supposed to bring barriers, right? A government fights conflicts. You have a God who is doing those things for you. The government will be on his shoulders. He is the one who's in charge of running the entire universe, and he is very capable. If God is capable, come on now, if God is capable of keeping Pluto out there spinning and keeping that ring from falling off of Saturn, don't you think he can do a better job of running your life than you can? Come on, man. The government shall be on his shoulders, on his shoulders. You can trust him. I'm so amazed, man. I'm so amazed at all of that. I'm amazed at, I'm amazed at the story. And if you're like me, man, I, I look at these kids in this Christmas play, and I think back to Pleasant Hill Baptist Church, my little sweet little mama Brenda, five foot two, eyes of blue. Come on, mama ran the Christmas play every year. And I was one of those, one of those wise men or something. You know, you get your little, your little uh, sheet put on your head and get your little, all of that stuff going on. I thank God for all those Christmas plays. Raise your hand if you were in a Christmas play at a church going, growing up. Come on, come on. Give yourself a hand clap of praise for having been in a Christmas performance. Man, 
Thank God for the people who drug you into it. You know you didn't want to be in it, but mama made you. Mama made you. After all these years, I'm still amazed at the story, and I hope you are too. Like some of y'all came to church today because somebody made you come to church, or somebody asked you, you said, okay, 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 it's Christmas, yeah, we'll go, we'll go to church. But I don't want you to just go to church today. I want you to understand the king came into our world, and he's here to meet with you, and he wants you to be amazed at who he is and what he did for you. Look at the story in Luke 2. Man, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they, the shepherds, the shepherds, y'all, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. This is no ordinary child. You heard the shepherds say it earlier. And all who heard what the shepherds said, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I know you've heard it a lot, but what sense does that make? What sense does that make that God brought his word to those shepherds? Makes a lot of sense when you know who our God is. See, our God could have gone to any person in the world. He could have called a G2 summit conference and had all of the leaders of the, of the known world to come together and they would have traveled in their caravans and their fancy camels and their chariots and they would have come to some big palatial being and all of those leaders would have gotten together for some big hubbub type thing and God could have spoken through the prophet and told them that, that my son has come and prepare a place. But what did God do? God said, I'm not doing that. Everybody in the world thinks that's where it's at. Those, those leaders, those rulers, those, those people that everyone looks at. What about the shepherds? When God looks into our world, you know what he knows? There's a lot more of us shepherd types than there are of them. There's a handful of people that rule the world, but it's a bunch of us out here, man, just trying to make it. And I don't know how you feel about that this morning, but when I think about those shepherds, I think about men who were considered the lowest of the low, right? They were, they were out there at night. They were out in the elements. They were fighting to take care of those sheep. They didn't own those sheep. They were hired to take care of them. They had a job to do. And yeah, they were stinky and they were probably uneducated and they were considered some of the lowest of the low. And our culture today, man, I can talk to these teenagers. I can, I can go into our youth group right now and say, tell me, tell me who's hot right now. What, what are the names that are popping right now? They would give us names, right? Taylor Swift, person of the year, right? Some of those kinds of names. They would, they would rattle those off. Those are the people that's in the middle of the road. Those are the people that's rowing down life's highway that everybody's looking at. But what about the brothers and the sisters that's over here in the shadows that nobody can see and nobody knows? And, and we're over here screaming, hey, I'm here too. What about the people who feel today like, man, that's all going by and I'm working as hard as I can. I'm, I'm trying to make enough money. I'm trying to raise my kids. I'm trying to, God, I'm trying to do things right, but nobody sees me. God says to you this morning, listen, listen, listen. I see you. God came for you. God came to shepherds to let us know that he came into this world for every man, every woman. He came into this world for the people who have it together. And he came into the world for the people who don't have it together. He came for people who are struggling with addiction, Hope Center folks. He came to set you free. He came for people who've been to church every day of their life. He came for people who eat too much, who talk too much, who steal too much. He came for fat people, for skinny people, for bow-legged people, for snaggletooth people. He came for all of us. Give him a shout of praise right now. 
Come on, thank God for who he is. You gotta know he came for you, man, and I'm amazed. I'm amazed at that story, and I'm amazed that he came. I'm amazed that he came. John 1, verses 4 and 5 says, In him, Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. No, it hasn't understood it. The darkness has not understood the light that is Jesus. And let me just say to you this morning, you have the opportunity to have the light of men inside of your heart, inside of your being. The light of God wants to shine in you, but you have to accept him. You have to choose him. He came for you. It says the darkness has not understood it. The darkness, in some translations, it says, has not overcome it. Do you know what that means? Some of us do. When we struggle, when we struggle day after day, because we know that we're supposed to do this thing, we're supposed to do right, but I continue to choose to do wrong. And that guilt just eats at me, and I can go to church, and I can say my prayers, and I can read, and I can give money, but the guilt continues to eat at me. The darkness loves that. Satan and his evil plan loves to keep you tied up in all of that sin and guilt and shame, but Jesus is the light that is the light of men. And when you start moving towards the light, listen to what I'm saying. When you start moving towards the light, guess what you feel? You feel the light of his presence. But this morning, maybe you're not there. Maybe this morning, all you can feel is the darkness and the cold. Why is that? Because your back is to the light and you're facing the darkness. And the darkness continues to draw you in and you continue to say yes to things that you should say no to. And the voice of Jesus is calling you and saying, just turn around and come to me. And when you make that turn and you begin to make that first step in a direction towards God, I see it happen every week. <sighs> People begin to breathe as the heaviness falls off of them, as the lost become saved, as the saved become freed, as the freed become restored, and the restored begin to walk into fulfillment and life begins to change. In him is that light, and it's the light of men. He came for you, man. He came for you. John 1, 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Now you tell me that God doesn't care. He came into this world to give that light to every man. He came into our world. Some of y'all might be letting your eyeballs glaze over right now. You might, you might be done with being amazed right now. I don't want you to be done with being amazed. I want you to be amazed at who Jesus is. I was thinking this week about growing up in Rutherfordton, North Carolina, a little western North Carolina mountain town, red dirt. My dad did a whole lot of farming, so we had our feet in the dirt lots of times. And there's something about boys, guys, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's something about some little boys that's just destructive. Would y'all agree with me on that? Boys will tear up something just for no reason, just because it's there, right? How many, come on, how many of y'all got a BB gun for Christmas one year and shot a bird that morning? That bird ain't done nothing to you, huh? killed a squirrel and then felt bad about it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to eat the thing, but I just wanted to see if I could kill it, right? That's what boys will do. I remember being a boy with my feet in the dirt, walking around, and man, uh, you, see, you see a little anthill. What, what's a boy going to do to an anthill? 
Man, that boy's going to stumble on that anthill. That man's been down in there digging, working, been working all summer long trying to, trying to make their house look good, right? Put on a little extra level. We, we're building a little suburb in our ant colony here. Here comes this big, mean boy stomping on the thing, rubbing it out. Ants start running out trying to get out and free, and the boy's out there stomping the ants. What's that ant ever done to you? What's that ant ever done to you? When God looks down into our world, don't you think we have to look like a bunch of ants from heaven? And don't you think God, surely he's had a thought somewhere along the way. You know, I could just stomp this whole anthill all out right now. Maybe I could start over and make something else. But you know what? God hadn't stomped out our anthill. See, religion would tell you this morning that the way that you make things better, religion would say, you got to clean some stuff up in your life. There's some junk that you've been doing that just needs to go, and you need to clean it up, and you need to get better. And religion would make you think that there's a ladder that goes from here to heaven. And the first step for you to get closer to God is, is, is to stop doing something or to start doing something. And then once you get on, on that rung, you can, you can add something to it, and you can take something else away. And religion would tell you that the way to get to God is to climb that ladder. But that's not what the Bible tells us. It tells us in him was the light, and that light was the light of men, and that light came to us. And when God looks down into our jacked up, messed up as a football bat world, what he sees is a, a messed up bunch of people, and we would think that he would just wipe us all out by kicking and stomping, but instead of wiping us out, what did our God do? He came to us. He became one of us. God became an ant and lived like the ants do. He lived amongst us. I am amazed that he came. Could have been born in the palace, but he was born in the stable. And he was born and put in a nasty manger, a trough where the animals ate out of. I'm amazed. And I'm amazed also this morning at how he loves us. I'm amazed at how God loves us. Um, John 3, 16 and 17. Doesn't get much more simple than that. Would you read that with me this morning? Look at this verse. It says, for God so, stop right there. I want you to do something with me this morning. This, these two verses, multiple times it says the world. But I want you to do something. Every time it says the world, we're not going to put the world in. We're going to put your name in. All right, so when I get to the world, you're going to say your name out loud. I'm going to say, I know, I know, and it's going to be a little messy. It's going to be a little sloppy in here. It's going to be a whole lot of names being said, but do it with me. Check this out. For God so loved Jeff, right, that he gave his one and only son. Stop right there just a minute. Read that again. For God so loved Jeff that he gave his one and only son. Y'all, I love y'all, but I ain't giving up my son for y'all. And y'all wouldn't do it for me either. But guess who would? God not only would, but he did. Be amazed at that. For God so loved Jeff that he gave his one and only son. Come on, get in it with me, y'all. Read it with me. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son to Jeff to condemn Jeff, but to save Jeff through him. Do you get it, church? Do you get it? Yeah, he came for the world, but he came for you. He came for me. See, you see me on Sunday morning up here with my clean blue suit on, but you don't see me on Tuesday night 
and you don't see me on Thursday morning, and you don't see me when, when, when it's just me and just my thoughts, but God does. And he knows the evil and the wicked and all the stuff that goes on here. And he knew that he had to come into this world to save me from my sin, and I thank God that he did. And in the same way, he knows your junk. He knows your messes. He loves you as much as he's ever loved any person that's ever lived. And he came into this world to give you that light that is the light of men. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. 